Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nishanda Shines. Well, welcome back to another edition of Tribe Beginners Like It is February 29th. Okay, not really, but it's, this is going to air on February 29th, the last day of Black History Month, which we got an extra date. So I figured I'm going to give you a bonus episode. And this bonus episode is of a newbie. So the history behind this person, we go way back to the highest of seven hills on the campus of Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. What? Yes. And if you know, on yesterday, we have a current professor who's currently on FAMU's campus who's teaching. Uh, His name is Clement Allen. So I figured, why not continue the FAMU party? Right? Yes. So this lovely guest that I am so graced to have on the podcast. Um, We came in together and I won't say what year because that doesn't matter because we're still young and we look good. Okay. All right. Two, it was at Delmo Sports, Philly Women's Triathlon. Mind you, I had no idea that she was interested in doing triathlons. All right. So imagine my excitement, perhaps tears fell. I'm at the pool using the bathroom for probably the 30th time. And Tisa Holly, if you remember Tisa, she was on our first season as one of the newbies. And she saw me and was like, you know who's here doing this race? I was like, uh, no, I'm in the, you want to use the bathroom? Yeah. And when she told me, I was like, not Taya Ali. Because I don't know people's married names. So I'm like, Taya's And then I go like berserk. So Taya is also very special because she is my big sister in the greatest chapter, in the greatest sorority, but chapter is the Beta Alpha chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority incorporated she's my big sister and i am excited to welcome ataya ali milton i get emotional to the podcast welcome to try beginners like ataya how you doing hi mishanda i'm doing really well thank you oh this is so good i think i'm bringing back those same emotions from um from the race day where it was just like wow, you are here. And it's so good to see another pretty girl out here trying. I love it. And I love you, of course. It was amazing. My gosh. So I tell you, um, I didn't know that you were trying in these streets. What happened? How? Like, when? No, it's really, it's really random. So I, in 2023, realized that a part of my journey, my growth, you know, we go through different seasons that I was entering my season of me, you know, I 
you know, had been married for 10 years, well, almost 10 years and had two children. And I found a way of like prioritizing what needed to be done, everybody else. So after going through a divorce and really trying to figure out kind of what this next chapter was going to look like, I realized a part of that was I had to figure out what's important to me and, and start uh, doing the things that I love. And, and doing a triathlon was always on my bucket list. I, um, like many people, went out of shape during the pandemic. And so when I decided I wanted to do these things for me, I said I wanted to put the try on there and just jump and do it. And so it was a part of me kind of like reclaiming things that are completely selfish to really jumpstart my journey back into like good health. But I grew up swimming, grew up biking, you know, and being an athlete. So putting them together was always something I wanted to do. Wow. I think the the pandemic messed so many people up in the sense of you, you kind of had to lose in order to regain and didn't realize what isolation did to so many people and how so many people in that instance were disconnected because it's as if we've lived 15 years of life in just four years now. It was madness, girl. Like, honestly, I'm grateful for it. I am grateful for it because I feel like it brought family back together. It's allowed me to really appreciate and value like time and proximity and peace and, you know, the stillness that the pandemic brought us. So I am grateful for it. But that isolation, I mean, we were just kind of, you know, eating and, and being isolated. And, um, you know, I wanted to be active. And so, yeah. I mean, once we were outside again, that's what I was ready to do. Be outside. Let's be outside then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I like Googled it, Mashonda. Like, it's not like I had my eyes set on this for a long time. I Googled it. I didn't know anybody that was doing it. I just said, this is what I'm going to do. And um, part of the steps. So um we talked a little bit about um, me being Muslim, but there Ramadan occurred. And in Ramadan, like I was really trying to like center myself during the fast and really pray for certain things. So when I came out of Ramadan, I had my sight set on, okay, now it's time to train. Now it's time to get ready for July. So we had that conversation independently of the podcast. So yes, that's another, I guess, facet of Ataya is she is a Muslim woman. And we, what we were talking about is I was letting her know about Khadijah Diggs, who is also a Muslim woman in the triathlon space and Khadijah wears a hijab. And I was like, but you don't wear that. And I remember in college, at some point you did wear it and sometimes you didn't wear it. And so I was asking, I was like, you know, and I didn't even know how to say it. I was like, uh, so are you, um, I don't know <laughs> because you're right. I didn't know if you had, were still practicing the Muslim faith and wanted to know, because I was like, well, why don't you wear your hijab? Mm -hmm. And so if you could go ahead and share, since you brought it up, let's just yeah. invite everybody into the convo. 
So we were talking about it because, you know, if for Muslims who are athletes that do cover, you know, the covering and having something that's appropriate that won't hinder your competition is really important. But you were saying, like, I didn't have that consideration because I don't cover my hair. So I'm no by no means an expert on religion, you know, theology, Islam at all. Um, but I do honor women that do cover it because it is not an easy you know, feet. But um, when I observe prayer, when I go in Islamic settings, of course, I dress more conservatively, which involves covering my hair. Um, but day to day, I don't. And when you look at Muslims around the world, um, you know, there is a, you know, uh, spectrum, right, of how um, Muslims look and dress, you know, and show up. So not everybody that is Muslim, not all Muslim women do cover their hair. And so I don't, but I have been Muslim my entire life. In college, um, I felt like I personally reached like a vanity place and I wasn't getting a class on time because my hair had to be done, my makeup had to be done. And so for me during that time, I chose to cover my hair because I did not want to be vain. And I really wanted to um, kind of, I just wanted to cover it. I wanted to cover that and focus on being present. And so um, I think for six months, to a year, I think um, for my last time, last few months that I was in college, I did cover my hair until I graduated. Wow, wow. Well, thank you for explaining that because I think that's so important to know uh, because we wanna offer respect to however a person wants to honor what they believe in and how they receive that. So thank you for sharing that with us and giving us the full spectrum of it. But you mean to tell me you didn't know nobody was doing triathlons? No, I didn't. And so um, I didn't want to be talked out of it. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't a traditional trainer. Like I really like I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Re I, I went online. I found it. And I was like, OK, well, this is a sprint. Right. I've done a 5K before so I can run a 5K. You know, I could bike nine miles and I can swim. So my training consisted of when I took the kids to the pool over the summertime, I would just swim. I wasn't really timing myself because my goal was to finish, Mashonda. So yeah. I just was just I would just swim for, you know, 20 minutes continuously or 15. And I was like, OK, well, I have pretty decent endurance. Like I could do it. The biking piece was the hardest for me because I hadn't been on a bike for years. So when I turned 40, I bought a bike, but did not use the bike until I started training for this triathlon. But no, I never reached out to anybody. I think because I've always wanted to do things and then I'll, I'll, I'll quit. So I just wanted to kind of like tell people I'm doing it and just do it. I didn't want to be training on anybody else's schedule. I didn't want to feel inadequate because I wasn't training enough. I just wanted to be committed. Because I'm thinking about like Reggie Harris, who does triathlons and all the people in our circle. But you, you. also know, huh? And you. Well, you just said you know nobody. So that's why I was kind of like confused. You know, I didn't know anyone that I knew was doing this. this oh, this race. particular race. See, that's why we need to get clarity. Because, yeah, you know, sorry. the people in no. the streets will be like, how Mashonda going to be this advocate for You're people fine, trying man. beginner's luck? And she didn't even know you was doing a You was a triathlete. No, I, was, I didn't know you were a triathlete. I didn't know who was doing um, the race. Going to be competing at that race. That's what I meant. I had no idea I was going to see you in Philly. I had no idea I was going to see Tisa in Philly. So right. it made it that much sweeter. But, yeah, I it didn't did. know. And you're right. I didn't advertise. I I've stopped advertising which races I was 
I'm doing. And I think I needed a personal moment as well. So yes, I did not advertise and I respect your decision not to advertise as well, because I think sometimes I can get unfocused and people ask me, how's it going? What you doing? Da, da, da. And you may not be ready to talk about it. I was a bad, I, I, I would say, you know, don't do as I did. Cause I don't think I went about it. Like I told my girlfriends in like the chat group, they knew I was doing it. And you know, my line sisters would check on me, how's training going and everything. I wasn't doing anything, you know, I was, you know, enjoying my life, but um, I did finish. And yeah, I had yeah. some valuable lessons because you taught me when I told you, well, we can talk about that later. But when I started uh, cramping up and season up, thought I was going to finish. You were like, oh, hydration is more than water. Well, of course, that was a lesson I should have known. But I was just drinking water. So when my body started cramping up, it was a hot mess. So I would love to share that hydration is more than water for anybody that is feeling some type of way with how you said that like I said it so Chrissy hydration is more than water I'm I'm in my feels right no now. it was it was eye-opening like I I didn't know what you meant and you told me like the schedule of how two weeks before I really needed to start I yeah. know now yeah so I think hydration is one of those things and just nutrition in general is one of those things that a lot of beginners don't know and why should you right well you should Hopefully, because we are talking about these things, not only here at the Tribe Beginners Luck, but also with Ask a Coach, where we can submit questions in to get your questions answered so that you can be more informed before going out there before your first race. And so to that point, let's talk about your first race so you can tell beginners exactly everything from the moment of, you know, you training for the race, which we already talked about, you were training in your independent silo to actual crossing the finish line. I want to know about everything in between and I'll just stop and interject, you know, when I want to be like, I have a question about this. So you've decided, let's paint the picture. You've decided you wanted to do this race. You've picked Delmo Philly Tribe. Why? Because you live in Philly. It's in Philly. It's local. You don't have to do much traveling. And when did you start training? How far in advance did you start training for the race? And what did your training regimen look like? So I probably started training about three months out. Um, I picked this try also because it was a pool swim. I felt very comfortable in a pool versus being in a, you know, lake or a large body of water. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a selection. I went on um, and kind of Googled different blogs to read about you know, the experience, what kind of gear would I need? What does, I didn't understand how the transition worked. I didn't even know about like the order that I was going to be completing each event. So I just did, you know, a cursory search to just try to understand the transition and then maybe read some testimonials of, of women's experience with this specific try. Mm -hmm. I had a bike, so I took my bike I mean, it had been in like maybe for two years, it had been in storage. So I had to take my bike to get it tuned up, but I had forgotten even how to switch gears. So I went to the Trek store and just had them kind of go through the gears with me and just did sample rides just so I could get accustomed to like clickety clicking and all this stuff. So um, I just went out on paths, solo dolo, and, you know, just tried to get comfortable with with switching the gears and the strides and going up hills, but none of my rides had a major incline. That 
is where my butt got kicked. So I, I, you know, so that's what I did in terms of, of riding, but I didn't ride that much, but I knew that that was going to be my weakest, uh, event. Mm -hmm. So, um, maybe the night, so I ordered all this stuff off Amazon, you know, what I was going to wear, you know, all these different things. So I could have my system. I read how to pack your bag. I read how to lay, you know, your stuff out in transition so that when you come in, um, so when I get there, I, you know, checked in and I just kind of wanted to get my nerves, you know, out. So when it came time to line up for the pool, I, that's when I saw you. And I don't think I was nervous because I felt the strongest at swimming. And it really was just up and back, what, six times. I think it was pretty, pretty good. And my goal was not to... Um, my goal wasn't time. My goal was finishing. That was the only goal that I had for myself was to finish. So I just kind of looked at how people were swimming and pacing themselves. And I ended up moving myself to a more competitive group that I felt that could swim at my pace. So I swam. I remember in the pool feeling my foot cramp up. So my right foot started like cramping a little bit. So when I got out, I remember seeing my kids and my mom and I just tried to like run it off. So when I got to transition, Mashonda, I didn't know you're supposed to like speed in and speed out. I kind of was just going, getting my stuff, taking it off, putting my socks on, you know, like all that stuff. Um, and then I got out. So the ride was cool until the very end. There was like this incline. I had not trained on any inclines. That incline really activated my muscles right above my kneecap. And that's when I really started feeling like muscle strain. Okay. So I had to push. Now, luckily I didn't stop. I never got off my bike. Like I stayed on the whole time. So I'm feeling great. Like two events in, I have successfully completed, not the fastest, but I'm in there, right? So when it came time for the run, I'm feeling that muscle right above my kneecap. And I am maybe a mile into the run and my legs were like tip drilling, like locked lock locked right and i'm in my mind because i believe in mind over matter girl i'm like i just can't stop because if i stop i i might not you know so in my mind like i'm running but my body is like like my legs are about to shut shut all the way down so they have these like photographers that are like positioned. So I would like fake it, you know, like, like I'm running, you know, for the pictures, but girl, my legs were not cooperating. Did you see me when I was out there, Michelle? When I was locking up? No, I didn't see you until the end. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So people are running by me that I know. Um, again, I saw people out there that I knew I didn't know were running and they're yelling things to me. Like she needs Gatorade. There was no greater level of like sisterhood and camaraderie that I had seen in sports ever. There were women whose spouses were running alongside with their children. There were people that brought me Gatorade would run ahead, bring things to me. Um, there were women that were encouraging me to keep going. Uh, there was a physical therapist, a woman that was a physical therapist that ran alongside me to tell me what stretches that I should do to try to help me keep going. Um, but at some point, this woman came with mustard packets 
And she was like, just take mustard pack. She could have been giving me anything at that point. So I popped that mustard packet and it probably gave me another half a mile without any, it instantly, girl, mustard packets. So I will always run with mustard packets. And then when it happened again, she came back with like this little tablet of white questionable uh, something. And she was like, just take it with some water. It was, I guess, salt. It was a little capsule of salt. So she said, and I popped the salt and then that also helps me. But my body needed more than water, the water, because I had my canteens. So it was more than water that I needed to your point. Um, and so the last few yards, my son found me and ran alongside me and ran through the finish line with me. And so I made it, girl. Um, but that was it. I was done. Done, done. I find so much humor in hearing the story because the part where you say people were handing you stuff, substances that could or could might not have been what they really said they were supposed to be. And all I kept thinking about is, Mashana, you've had moments like that where you've taken stuff from people and thank God you didn't die. Thank God you didn't have something thank worse God happen. Handing me some crack cocaine. I, I would, but I was struggling so bad. And she had this little Ziploc bag, girl. And I've done that to other people. I've been like, here, take this. And people take it because you're in that much pain at that time. And all you want is just relief so that you can finish, go to the end. Yeah. Like that's the only thing you want. You just want to go to the end. And so I definitely relate to this story so much because I've been in situations where I've been in races where cramps can have you on the ground, like just on the ground hurting until you get what you need. And that's the beauty of this sport. Like you mentioned that this particular race was one of the greatest exhibits of sisterhood that you've seen as an athlete. And I would say yes, but I also say that's the power of this sport. Triathlon is a very friendly, a very friendly sport in the sense that if you need something and someone has it on the course and they can have the the, the wherewithal to give it to you and spare it, it's yours. And that's what I appreciate about this sport is that you're never alone, even though you have to try alone, if that makes sense. So it's like you're, you always have little angels coming up, giving you what you need at the very right time until you learn how to properly train prepare and prepare mm -hmm. yourself. And that, it takes time. It really is an art. It is a science. You, what works for you, on a short course may not work for you when you elevate and go to the Olympic distance. That might not work for you when you go to the 70.3 distance. That may not work for you when you do the full Ironman. You see how I'm like telling you what you're going to do without what you're going to do? I don't know if I could do or, it. <laughs> you don't know today because you have not and you haven't trained. However, I just believe that you, you, you want to, I think, are you training again for the race? Next, I, no, I'm not training again for the race. I, my children, I'm putting them in the, they have a kid's version. So I'm going to, I'm going to help them train to do that and then see how they do. And then maybe the year after. Year after. Okay. Okay. But well, at this moment I have checked it off the list. <laughs> was it just a bucket list and that's it? Well, it was, I mean, okay. I, it's so funny. I have work meetings and people are like, oh, send a picture. I send my finisher a picture every time. Like for then, at least for a year, I'm going to 
claim it because even though it was a shorter distance, I really, it's really a lot of like mental fortitude, you know, to be able to be successful in finishing it. And my body wanted to shut down. Like it was hard. I did not train properly. You know what I'm saying? And so the people I actually met one of my daughter's friends, moms was there. She finished first in her age group. So you, I think awarded her a, um, a prize at the end because she was one of the finishers, the first finishers, I think in the age 30, 30 age group. But to be that disciplined and that trained to be able to complete first, you know, it's, it's hard, you know? So I think now that I'm more educated and realize what's really necessary to be, to do your best, I don't know if I'm ready. Well, I'm about to make you ready. Look at me telling the big sister what she about to do. Please. <laughs> so I think we should pick a race and let's do it in, let's pick a race. And it doesn't have to be on the weekend that your kids will be racing, but I think you owe it to yourself to try again. I love your motivation. It is not a no. It is a, I aspire to do that with you. <laughs> and... and if not this year, I've been trying to get your ism, Sasha Monique Wheeler. Yes, I am calling Sasha Monique Wheeler out on this podcast because she's been saying that she wants to do a triathlon and will train-ish. So if my ism does it, I'm we're gonna have matching outfits. I'm like, I'm gonna tell her we're gonna <laughs> do it together. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So we're we're thinking about doing this race in Tallahassee. Um because they have the, I think it's the Red Rocks Hills or something in Tallahassee. Okay. We figured going back to Tallahassee would have such. You know, when is some, that? I think we're going to do it in 25, 2025. Yeah, 25. 25 mm -hmm. is um, down the line. Okay. It's down the line. So it gives you time. Mashana, how many do you do in a year? This is not my, this is not my interview. It's yours. Okay. <laughs> I think it depends. The, the truth answer to that is it just depends. When I first started doing races, I was only able to afford one race a year because they're so expensive. Yeah. Um, and then I think in 2017, I was able to start doing more than one race a year. And then 2020 happened. And then after that, I think two to three a year is typically my average. Uh, this year coming up, I have some races planned. Uh, that I will be doing um, that will probably range from short to mid to long to short to I don't know. So well, I, I appreciate. No, it does, and I appreciate the conversation only because um, you know you hit this this space in this age, you know, and if you are fortunate enough to still have your parents, your parents are also still aging, you know, and we get to a space where you realize just how prescient precious movement mm. and the ability to be active really is. And just like they say, you never know when you're going to pick your child up for the last time. You never know when the last cartwheel, you're doing your the last cartwheel of your life. You yeah. never know when is the last time you have the ability to run, you know? Um, and so I have been very um, just cognizant of the gift of movement. Mm -hmm. And so it's made me really want to reprioritize like how active I am. So that's why I said, it's not a no. 
And it's that's not- the reason why I still try is because as long as I have breath in my body and my body can move, I will try. There are people who are in their 90s still doing this. And I think because you give your opportunity, you give your body an opportunity to move in different ways. You know, swimming is a full body. All of it is full body, but swimming is less impact. Then you have the bike, which is also less impact. And then you have to run. But for some people who can't run the whole time, you can interject, run, walk, or you can just walk, speed walk. There's many ways to get to the finish line. And I think for me, the goal is to never lose the joy in it but also to take everything that I learned and continue to do it because movement is important. And being a um, a woman from the South, Black woman from the South who has struggled with nutrition from the standpoint, not even just nutrition from what to eat during a race, but just what to eat to fuel my body. Because we're used to, I grew up on very rich foods and so, Having to train my mind differently and really eat to just be here, not eating for comfort Mm. has been a thing, you know, and seeing how um, older generations in my family haven't had the opportunity to keep moving because of weight challenges. That's something that I've always struggled with, my weight fluctuating in and out. Um, I've always felt like I've been active but I'm still learning about my body. And recently Mm -hmm. I've learned that the traumas that we've experienced carries very differently in our body. And I've realized that my, I carry trauma that I am working on in my midsection. It's not that I am, it looks like I am bigger than what I am, but also realizing that my vagus nerve has been disrupted through challenges. And so exercising is a form of rehabilitation for that. Now, all that is a lot because I've just learned that within the past two years and just kind of really working with that, but just learning how mental health plays into being able to work out. It mentally restructures your brain. And so I want to be able to be in a position where I can be around for as long as I'm gifted and I feel like I can do that with this sport. That was a long answer. I love it. 30 seconds to be exact. No, and I think that many can relate. I mean, I definitely can relate. And I think women and our relationship with our bodies is um, very universal. You know, it may be that you, you know, went through childbirth, right? And your new post baby body isn't what you want it to be. Isn't the the way that you feel pressured you should look. It may be that you still feel like you're prime, you know, you were sizes smaller than you were, you know, but it is a journey to practice um, radical acceptance, right? Of, of who you are, what you look like and, you know, what you're supposed to look like, but to focus more so on how you feel, how you honor your body, how you fuel your body, like you said, um, because I still don't think I'm fueling my body right. And I think I watched when you trained for your first try, you you spoke about when you were um, blogging or vlogging, you spoke a lot about, you know, fueling your body. I never heard that term before, right? In terms of really being conscious about 
the thing that you eat and how it energizes you. And so that's a whole ministry in itself, you know? So I really think that it is relatable, right? To really like understand yourself, understand your body and to learn to honor it for what it is. Absolutely. Um, wow, that's a long time ago. I don't even remember those vlogs or blogs I used to do and just wasn't consistent with it. And then look at here and now I... As my earring just well, it was amazing, Mashonda, because you know, you, you did that thing, and I did not. You know, I wonder if you planted the seed for me to want to do it because I sure did follow. I think you did because how wasn't giving me my credit. Oh my God. Listen, sometimes we just got to get there. Okay. We are we arrived at the point, but I do, I do think that you made me interested in the journey. You made me feel like I could understand and learn the process. Um, I didn't follow your steps and your rigor and your discipline. However, I do think you planted that seed. Like, okay, bike, swim, run. I like. I could do those things. So thank yeah. you. Thank so this you. Is, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> this is actually my 10th year. Jeez. So technically I'm still in my 10th training season. Like my first race would have been in June of 2020, I mean, of 2014. So in June of 2024, that would be my first official, like my 10th official year, like actually doing races. And um, it's been a nostalgic feeling, like certain things are popping up. Like the first time I did my swim trial, why try? The first time I did my first time trial. And I look at those times and my times right now, and I'm like, ooh, girl, your run has you taken you a deep dive. But I think you have to honor where you are at each season yeah, and just give yourself grace. And so, yeah, it's 10 years for me. And I hope that I have 40 more that I'm able to, you know, do this and bring more people along the way, especially big sisters like you, which we have some big sisters who've done triathlons before, um, like Rashawn Ali. Uh She's amazing, right? Yeah. So like we have, uh, and Jenny Price, Jen Price. Uh, so we have people who, who do it, but it's really just changing the narrative about what we can do despite some obstacles that we may face as women of color, you know? And a lot of that is from our hair because we like to look good and we don't want to not look good, but we can't allow that to hinder us, you know? having babysitters for people who want to try and be like, Hey, I'll watch your kids for you while you go do something for you. You know, granted having to be within proximity that matters and just showing up and maybe, maybe that's what we do. We put a call out on our listserv and be like, Hey, who wants to do a try? And we just show up. That could be, be amazing. That could be a whole thing. It would be amazing. That could be a thing. Let's work on that. We'll work on that. Yeah. But in the interim, besides nutrition, because you said that it's not just about, you know, it's not just about water. What are some other takeaways that you would share with a beginner who's considering or contemplating trying? Don't go at it alone. I think that my, I think there was purpose, right? Because I didn't want to be deterred and I didn't want to get imposter syndrome when I felt like other people were doing more. Um, so I stayed to myself, but I think that there is power in the community um, and being able to, to 
learn from other people, you know, to push forward with other people, to be encouraged, because I only felt that at the race, whereas I could have felt that along the way in the process. Um, so I think that would be my advice. I would also advise when you bike, don't bike just on flat, like <laughs> inclined. <laughs> um, and let's see what I would... I think the short distance though was to my advantage. I think the the triathlon that I selected was a good introduction to the sport. Um, so I I highly recommend that. I think those would be my top um, recommendations. Yeah, community, making sure that you you apply some fidelity around where the variety of where you're training. Um, and then picking something that is, that is attainable, you know, for your skill level. Well, you heard it from Miss Ataya <laughs> Ali Milton, uh, get yourself a community. Don't train alone, have, uh, various areas in which you train because it matters. And just remember, it's not just about water. Ataya, thank you so much for coming. And I feel like, you know, to see, Another Beta Alpha chapter member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, <laughs> all the way from the highest of seven hills of Florida Agriculture and Mechanic University, just warms my heart, especially um, that there's not many people of color doing the sport. And so I think the new number is now there's 8% of Black folks that do this sport. And so Although the number has increased within the last couple of years, it's still not enough. And so thank you for being here. We got one more part that we will try to get you in and out. It's called rapid fire. And so okay. rapid fire is just real quick. And um, yeah, just real quick. All right. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. When you didn't feel motivated, what was it that allowed you to push through to get it done? When I didn't feel motivated, like in training, this is not right there. Training or race? Um, choosing myself, right? This is for me. It's completely selfish. Um, and so that's what, right? I wanted to do that for me um, and to make my children proud. Awesome. Favorite place to bike in Philadelphia? Mm, Boathouse Row. Mm -hmm. Favorite thing about triathlon overall? The camaraderie um, and seeing so many um, Black women athletes. What? was your go-to workout and what does it look like? Like, do you like HIIT training? Do you like CrossFit? Like what's your favorite go-to workout? My favorite go-to workout, honestly, would just be like a, like a three minute, I mean, three minute, three mile jog. I think that would be my go-to, like a good, a good jog um, or a, or a swim, just doing laps. Mm -hmm. Dream training partner, alive Ooh. or historical? You, girl. Oh, shut up. <laughs> You're going to make that happen then. Um, morning or evening workouts? Morning. Okay. Favorite music artist? Ooh, SZA came to mind immediately. Okay, okay. If you can remember, what was a favorite sign that you saw out on the race course? My favorite sign? Oh, like somebody was holding up? Mm -hmm. I don't know about a, 
Oh, I don't know about a sign, but what really stands out to me are all the like um, men that were out there that were saying like, you go girl, you got this. Like they were really like ringing bells. Like I can't, I can't get that out of my mind. I love it. And what was your favorite post? Well, your first post-race meal. Ooh, my, my post-race meal. Mm -hmm. Like what did you eat after the race, after you finished I went to the tent. So I remember that. And they had like, um, they had bagels, they had all oh, this delicious pineapple and all this fruit and there was yogurt. And um, that's what I remember chowing down on right after the race. Okay. And I usually don't let people leave without answering this question, but I don't know if I if have you, an <laughs> if you experienced this yet, it's usually, do you pee on the bike or get off and take a proper pee break? But, oh. but you probably haven't peed on the bike yet. So I'm going to swip it, switch it a little bit and ask you, did you pee on yourself before you got in the water? No, I went, I got there early enough to go to the bathroom and I'm like okay. a camel. So I didn't have, I didn't have to worry about that at all. Okay, good. Cause then, you know, some people usually pee in their wetsuit, but this is your first race. So I just wanted to like, you're like, I am so. Oh God, no. <laughs> They pee in their wetsuit. I almost actually did you pee in the pool, but then everybody would be like, oh. You just made my eyes open. I didn't realize that was a thing. Hopefully nobody peed in the pool because it was short distance. Yeah, we don't ever know because chlorine, but whatever. Anyway, with that said, whenever you try beginner's luck, you truly always win. I hope you've enjoyed this bonus edition listening to Ataya Ali Milton's first time story where she got to try with uh the Philadelphia Women's Trial, which is coming up. So be sure to check that out if you're looking for a race that's women's only. And with that, my name is Mashonda Shines, and we are going to be out for now. Peace. Bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.